1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Peter may have had good intentions going into this, but bad company corrupts good character. And listen, a Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers is usually pretty miserable. A Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers is usually pretty miserable because they have too much of the Lord to enjoy the world, and they have too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. And they're miserable because they really don't fit in with either group.
1: An orange is just an orange. It can't be an apple or a banana. It can't be something that it's not. In the message today from Pastor Dan, he explains how the Apostle Peter was trying to fit in with the same people that arrested Jesus. It's an odd picture, isn't it? But pride and fleshly desires took Peter where he never intended to go, right down to denying that he knew Jesus. Before you start thinking the worst of Peter or anyone else, remember this truth. Satan is sly. He'll do whatever it takes to drag you down. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: book of revelation the believers in Laodicea were prideful and they thought they were self-sufficient in revelation chapter 3 verse 17 Jesus said to the Laodiceans you say i am rich i have become wealthy and have need of nothing they thought they had it all together we've got need of nothing we've provided everything we need for ourselves and then Jesus said but you don't know that you're actually wretched miserable poor blind And naked. You think you have it all together. You think you have need of nothing. You think you got it. But actually the opposite is true. You're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind and naked. And you don't even know it. You're not even aware of it. Their pride blinded them to their true condition. The Laodicean church was prideful and self-confident, and they're also the church that was lukewarm. I think there's a connection there. Colossians 4.2 says we should pray continually. Continually? Yes, because apart from Christ, we can do what? Nothing. See, you guys know. You know. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. That should drive us to prayer. We should pray continually. And really, prayer should be the biggest part Of your Christian walk and my Christian walk. Prayer implies a dependence upon God. Prayerlessness implies a dependence upon self. And so Peter's first step toward denying the Lord was pride. Believing he was sufficient in himself to not deny the Lord. It's never going to happen. Even though Jesus told him it's going to happen. Never going to happen. Not me. His second step was prayerlessness. Sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. His next step toward denying the Lord is when Judas came with a great multitude to arrest Jesus in verse 50. Look at verse 50. Judas comes with this great multitude of soldiers and religious leaders to arrest Jesus in verse 50. Jesus said to Judas, friend, why have you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him and suddenly One of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. And we know that was Peter. But Jesus said to him, to Peter, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled?" That it must happen thus. Peter pulls out his sword, his dagger, and he begins just swinging away. And he cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest, a man named Malchus. And Jesus promptly healed the ear of Malchus. But look at verse 54 again, what Jesus says about what's going down, what's happening. How then could the scriptures be fulfilled? That it must happen thus. Jesus says to Peter, put your sword away. This is the plan, Peter. This is God's plan. This is God's plan as explained in the scriptures, Peter, the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus would be condemned and crucified on a cross for the sins of mankind to redeem man and reconcile us to God. The cross was God's plan. It was God's plan of redemption. From before the foundation of the world, the Bible says this has always been the plan. The scriptures tell us this is the plan. Plus, on at least four occasions, Jesus told his disciples, including Peter, that this is the plan. This is how it's going to go down when we get to Jerusalem. For example, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus told his disciples, behold, listen to this. We are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and discourage and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. That's a pretty precise explanation of what will happen when they get to Jerusalem. This is the plan. Fellas, when we get to Jerusalem, here's what's going to happen. I'll be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, They will condemn me to death. I'll be delivered over to the Gentiles. They're going to mock me, scourge me and crucify me. And the third day I'll rise again. Got it. Everybody got it. This is what's going to happen once we get into the city. This is the plan, Peter. The scriptures tell us this is the plan. I've told you more than four times that this is the plan. Listen, listen. Peter is just out of step with God's will. He's just out of step with God's will. He's out of step with God's word. He's out of step with God's plan. Peter is reacting to the situation in his flesh. He's reacting to the situation uh, emotionally, just hacking away with his sword. No thought of what's the plan? What is God doing? What does his word say? What has Jesus said? Just reacting in the flesh, reacting emotionally, swinging his sword. Maybe he thought Jesus would be proud of him for fighting against those soldiers, but Peter was actually fighting against God's plan and didn't realize it. And sometimes we can fight against God's plan for us because we're emotional or we're in the flesh and we're fighting against what God is actually trying to do in our lives. And this isn't the only time Peter fought against God's plan, as you know. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus first told his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and be crucified and raised the third day. First time he told them. New information here. I got something very important I want to share with you. And he shares it with them. And Matthew 16:22 says, Peter, listen to this. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Can you imagine Peter rebuking Jesus? Again, here's Jesus sharing for the first time the whole reason he came, the whole plan of salvation. I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to be resurrected the third day. And Peter says, excuse me, Jesus, can I talk to you privately for a moment? (laughs) No, you're not. You know, like this is not going to happen. You're not doing that's not going to happen. And do you remember what Jesus said to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Satan was trying to prevent God's plan. And Satan was working through Peter to try to hinder God's plan. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. In other words, you you see things only from a human point of view and not from God's point of view. You're not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of men. This is why God sent his son into the world to die on the cross to save us. This was God's plan of salvation for mankind since before the world was created. The main reason Jesus came into the world was to die, to give his life for us. But Peter only looked at it from a human point of view. And he didn't like it. So he's trying to stop it. Here in Matthew chapter 26, Peter thought he was fighting for Jesus. He's actually fighting against Jesus. He thought he's fighting for God's plan. He's fighting against God's plan without realizing it. And again, you and I can do the same thing. We can operate in the flesh. We can uh, react to a given situation in the flesh. We can react emotionally and we take action because we don't like the way things are going and we want to change that without giving any thought to is this God's will is this God's plan is this what his word says I should do we respond emotionally you know quite often we want to do what what uh, causes us the least discomfort or or what will make us the happiest God wants me to be happy doesn't he and this doesn't make me happy and God would want me to do what's happy and what makes me happy And we can act against God's will for us without realizing it. You know, Jeremiah the prophet said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We should never rely upon our heart or our feelings to make a decision. Our heart and our feelings may lead us to do exactly the opposite of God's will for us. When our decisions directed by God's word And by the Holy Spirit, you know, Psalm 19, verse 8, says God's word enlightens the eyes. His word enlightens the eyes. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word will show me the way to go. What's his will for me? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit will guide. We don't want to be guided by our emotions or guided by our flesh. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give it to us liberally or generously. And so instead of reacting in the flesh or doing what feels right to us or emotionally or what feels best to us emotionally or what we think we we will make us happy. We should always stop and pray and and say, you know, search the scriptures. What does the Bible say? What is what is Lord? What is your word say? about this? What does your word tell me I should do in this situation?
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor
1: Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: See, you know, God is more concerned about your holiness Than your happiness. He's more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. The word happy only appears in the Bible a couple times. Holiness or holy, hundreds of times. He wants you to be holy. And He is conforming you into the image of His Son. That's the plan. What's His plan for you? His plan is to conform you into the image of His Son. And He's gonna use circumstances, He's gonna use situations, He's gonna use trials that are beyond your resources, beyond your abilities, beyond your power, so that you rely upon him. And sometimes he's got he's to box us into a corner, where he's, like, he's going to burn down every bridge, and I've got one bridge, and that's trusting in Jesus here to get me out of this. I guess I'll take this one. You know, like that's the only thing that's going to work out. And he's doing that to conform you into the image of his son. Peter was operating completely in the flesh, not according to God's word, not according to God's plan, that he has clearly revealed in the scriptures that Jesus has clearly spoken to him multiple times, and he is actually doing what is contrary to God's plan. He thinks he's fighting for God. He's actually fighting against God. And we don't want to fight against God's plan for our lives. We don't want to fight that. God's doing a good work in us. He's doing a good work in your life. He's doing a good work in my life. He wants to make us more like Jesus. And we don't want to fight against that. We don't want to resist that. So now that brings us to Peter's next step toward denying the Lord. Down in verse 57. Look at verse 57. It says in verse 57, Then those who laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled, Notice verse 58, but Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and he sat, notice, with the servants, that would be the servants of the high priest, to see the end. Peter began to follow Jesus at a distance. He's not walking as closely to Jesus as he did before. This is the next step down in the path to denying the Lord. And let me ask you a question. Are you following Jesus at a distance? Are you not following him as closely as you once did? Are you not pursuing him like you used to do in the past? Peter is distancing himself. There's a distance now between Peter and Jesus. And this is Peter. Peter who once said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And now Peter is following Jesus at a distance. You know, we're all prone to wander, like the hymn says. All we like sheep can go astray. We can all turn away to our own, to our own way. We can all drift. We can all just drift away from Christ and not even realize we're, we're drifting. We're moving away from him. Listen to the psalmist, what he writes in Psalm 73. He says, listen, it is good for me to be near to God it is good for me to be near to God. It's good. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for us to just be near to God. It's safe. It's safe for us to be near to God. The closer you are to God, the safer you are. The closer you are to God, the less likely you are to deny him or to stumble him. It's just good. It's just good for me to be near to God. As Close to him as I can be is good. David writes in Psalm 63, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. My soul follows close behind you. David knew that the Lord was his help, and so he says, My soul follows close behind you because you're where my help comes from. So I want to stay as close behind you and walk right behind you as closely as possible. Peter was not following close behind Jesus. He's following at a distance. And that distance between Peter and Jesus will contribute to Peter's downfall. There's a progression. The denial didn't just happen. There's a series of things, series of events, series of steps that led to that denial. One of those was Peter distanced himself from the Lord. Stay close to Jesus. That's where you're safe. Stay close to him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, the Bible says. And so Peter's first step down toward denying Jesus was his pride his overconfidence in himself. His second step was he was sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. Third, Peter reacted in the flesh, contrary to God's plan. And fourth, Peter started following Jesus at a distance. He wasn't following Jesus as closely as before. You know, Peter's progression downward to denial was kind of like the opposite of the progression of the Beatitudes. Remember the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5? When we were going through Matthew chapter 5, I, I described them as, a, as the rungs on a ladder, and you move up the ladder. Peter's moving down the ladder, and it's kind of the opposite thing here. The Beatitudes say, blessed are, are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Peter was the opposite of poor in spirit. Peter was prideful. Peter didn't mourn over a spiritual condition and said he slept like a baby. He wasn't meek, he responded in the flesh, chopping away with his sword. He didn't hunger and thirst for righteousness, he distanced himself from Jesus Christ. We could say that Peter was progressing in the wrong direction. And so now we come to verse 69. And some of you are thinking, finally. It was the longest introduction I've ever heard in my life. Peter is outside in the courtyard of the palace of the high priest, Jesus is inside on trial, although it seems like he's in view of Peter. Mark's gospel tells us that Peter was sitting, listen, he's sitting with the officers who arrested Jesus, and he's warming himself by their fire. And so now, after this trail that we have followed in Peter's life, now we see Peter hanging around the enemies of Jesus and he is trying to fit in with them, and he's hoping they don't recognize him as a follower of Jesus. There are so many warnings in the Bible about hanging out with ungodly, wicked people. Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Peter is sitting in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 26 verse 5 says, I have hated the assembly of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. Peter is sitting with the wicked. He should have hated the assembly of evildoers. Instead, he's warming himself by their fire, hoping they don't find out he's a follower of Jesus. Hoping they don't ask any questions. Proverbs 4 verses 14 and 15 Say, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Keep going. Peter sat right in the middle of the wicked. He didn't pass by. He went and sat right in the middle of them and is warming himself at their fire. Proverbs thirteen twenty: the companion of fools will be destroyed. The companion of fools will be destroyed. If your friends are all fools, it will destroy you. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Peter may have had good intentions going into this, but bad company corrupts good character. And listen, a Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers, is usually pretty miserable. A Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers is usually pretty miserable because they have too much of the Lord to enjoy the world, and they have too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. And they're miserable because they really don't fit in with either group. You know, they're they're hiding, they're hiding their Christian, Christianity from their worldly friends, And at the same time, they're hiding their worldliness from their Christian friends. And they're just they don't fit into either group. They're out of place with unbelievers. They're out of place with believers. Paul writes, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And the answer is none. You know, Peter is like Lot in the Old Testament. In Genesis, Lot trying to live in Sodom. Second Peter chapter two, verse seven says, righteous lot was vexed by the filthy conduct of the wicked in Sodom, but he stayed. He was vexed by the conduct of the people of Sodom, their wickedness, but he didn't leave until an angel made him leave.
3: He asked me how I know and I say, bring true
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience. Right here on Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs and I recognize the